We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest, you know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, today the Denver Broncos uh, held their pre-draft press conference, and they opted, curiously, to do it uh, Zoom style, right? So no media in the building. Sean Payton's blackout continues ostensibly. But there were a few things to pick through. But what, if anything, jumped out to you today uh, for the presser? Nothing. (laughs) I hate to be so blunt about it, but like he said, we could trade up, we could trade down, we could get an impact starter in the third round, we could get a marginal starter in the third round. You know, Javante is looking like he'll be on his own timeline. It looks good, but we don't know yet. Jerry Judy, we don't anticipate doing anything with him, but we love Jerry. We want him here. It was a lot of GM speak, a lot of coach speak, a lot of vague answers and uh, non-answers I wasn't too surprised to hear today we're excited because we get to talk to Nigel Toff one of our Mount Rushmore super chat superstars and close bros from the community but before we grab Naj, uh let's grab a couple of super chats who jumped in early thank you for doing this guys we love you we appreciate you Sam Bam uh who we're coming off what is it the one it's been one week exactly since we got to uh Pick Sam's brain. Thank you for the super, big dog. He says, good evening, guys. Can't believe it's only a week until the draft. It got here fast. This draft will be the final payment for the Wilson and Peyton trades. Next year, it's back to a full Broncos draft. Go Broncos. Yes, indeed, Sam. We can't wait for that. It's going to be much more interesting next spring. And then one more, we're going to grab Naj here. David McElrath, a.k.a. the Papa Bear, jumping in early before Zach we even went live to say, good evening. It was an awesome virtual press conference. Hashtag Buckham times two mhh for life denver broncos for life sam david love you guys thank you with that we are going to bring on the man the myth the legend some of you if you if you're true mhh ogs um you will have remembered the multiple times nosh has been on the show once as an actual guest guest like he's going to be tonight And other times, like streaming live from the stadium at meet and greets, you can hear his voice hurling epithets and naughty language in the background. I'm just kidding. 
kind of. But guys, without further ado, let's bring him on. Najal Toff, dude, what's up? Thank you for being with us. We've been looking forward to this tonight. What's up, brothers? What is up? <laughs> dude, so first things first, we'll get to the presser stuff. There's There are a few more things um, that I think are worth talking about from today's press conference. But first things first, Naj, since the last time we saw you in the flesh and, and spoke to you one-on-one outside of messages and stuff uh, was the, the MHH meet and greet last year. Dude, we haven't been able to get your take on the whole Sean Payton hire and just kind of the direction things are going. So I just want to back it up a little bit and find out what Naj thought of the Sean Payton hire and just how how things are kind of trending. Well, you know what, uh, Chad? I think I feel a lot like like you guys uh, just listening to the podcast. I think after that that meet and greet last year, I think we were all pumped up, fired up. It was going to be a Super Bowl season, and it, it kind of went the exact opposite direction. Um, you know, I'm kind of hot and cold, man. I think like you guys, we were so optimistic last year after getting Russell Wilson, and then to go from seven wins to five wins. Um, I don't know what to think of Sean Payton. Like, I want to be optimistic and excited, which I am because you guys know me. I get juiced up for, for where we are. And, uh, of course, I think we're going to the Super Bowl every year. I believe that. But um, I guess now we're at a point where we've got to see it, right? It's like you can keep bringing in all these phenomenal free agents and you can you can throw all the money you want in the world at it, but we're going backwards in wins and we're, we're in a position now where it seems like every year we're rotating the coaching staff um, and, and the culture has become really uh, kind of, I hate using the word toxic, but definitely it feels like... Uh, We've we we are the butt of the of of all jokes NFL and it's pretty uh, frustrating and embarrassing when the national media all they know about you is uh, being a uh, kind of a lower end or lower tier organization which you guys know we've been following the Broncos a long time that that couldn't be farther from the truth. You know, taking away Sean Payton, Naj, I want to ask you your opinion on your favorite offseason move the Broncos made. Was it addressing the offensive line? Was it bringing in Zach Allen, letting Draymond Jones go? And conversely, what has been your least favorite move in the Sean Payton era? Um, Zach, brother, I think for me, honestly, I I think it's just bringing some law and order, I guess, if you want to call it that, to the organization. I don't, the, the, these players on paper look great. And I think when you look at the statistics, maybe a third of free agents actually pan out. And remember we were juiced about, about Randy Gregory coming in, uh, got paid top tier money. Uh, and, you know, he looked great when he was out there, but he wasn't out there much. And Zach, I know you brought this up. We've, we've paid a lot for players that tend to get injured or are in on injured reserve for a while. So my favorite move so far, frankly, is, kind of just restructuring the organization. I think, number one, I like that Sean Payton took his time. Uh, once again, NFL pundits were making fun of the Broncos or they haven't hired enough people. The Broncos don't have to go around telling all their business to to everyone involved. Uh, I think it's, it's more important to get the right people, take your time and get this right, which I appreciate. And I also like it. It's not really our business either who's coming in and out of the locker room, but I, I get it. I'm excited to see the team in the locker room and, and less other people, right. When, when it came to Russ's um, I guess his entourage and whoever else was coming in and they don't have those outside influences. So I think now you've got kind of an alpha who's Sean Payton. Um, 
I hope that George Payton still retains some measure of of uh, power in the organization because you do want some checks and balances for Sean Payton as well. And, and I but I, and, and I got to give a lot of credit to the ownership. I think that Broncos fans, at least from my perspective, we should be ecstatic. These guys are doing everything in their power to like put a great product on the field. And I think they're definitely listening to the fans. And especially when, when you guys, your podcast is being heard by a lot of people, I actually think it gets back to ownership because I mean, I don't know what else they can do. They've now literally gone out and gotten a pro bowl quarterback. They went out and got one of the best coaches in the NFL and, um, and they've gone out and, and surrounded Russ now with a lot of talent. And I think they put a lot of players on notice. You guys, I'm sure have had all sorts of jobs in your life and you know, nothing motivates you more than, than the potential of, of losing your job or, or puts, puts a fire uh, under your feet like uh, competition. And I think that, you know, putting the receivers on notice, uh, putting Russ on notice. I mean, basically everyone is talking about how Russ is going to be gone after this year, which is nuts considering they literally just signed him to, you know, a, a, one of the biggest contracts in the NFL. So th- that my, that's my favorite move so far has just been how uh, the Broncos ownership and Sean Payton and, and George Payton have handled this offseason, taking a lot of bullets and, and kind of really uh, handling it with class and with professionalism. And I'm excited to see how that plays out uh, as the season progresses. As far as uh, my least favorite, um, see, look, dude, we don't even need to be here, dude. Naj is just dropping knowledge, yeah, dude. I love this. Uh, go on, yeah. though. Go on, go on, bro. It's like my clients, they tell me I talk way too much. So, you guys are gonna have to, you know, no, you guys no, are gonna no, have no. to settle me down if I get no, a little you're too good. Uh, Naj, if it, go if on, it wasn't, if it wasn't good, we'd be like trying to cut you off. So, keep it going, big dog. What was the second Every, thing, by the way, Kenny? Thank you for that super. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, thanks, Michaela. Michaela's always so sweet. I appreciate that. Um, I would say probably my least favorite move, and this is kind of piggybacking on my favorite move, I think that with a lot of these players, just, you know, we're all human beings and the Broncos got crushed last year in the national media, Russ in particular. And we've talked about it on this podcast, how he was kind of the poster child for like enemy number one in the NFL for bullets coming from, from Seattle players. And, you know, you guys know quarterback in particular is such a confidence based position 
And I think if there's one thing I could look back at the Hackett era and say they really failed at was keeping uh, his confidence level up to a, a to a place where where he was his old self, which he never was. And I think when Peyton came in, the thing I I, I would say not that I don't like it, but just kind of be be guarded a little bit more and kind of beat the guy down a little bit, but also lift him back up. Like you, you got to kind of walk that fine line where you, you remind the person that, Hey, you've got to go out and prove it to me and you've got to earn this job. But I hope behind closed doors, Sean Payton is sitting down with Russell Miss and be like, man, you're the man, bro. You're 10, 10 years pro bowler. Look, there's a reason why you were worth, um, you know, 18 draft picks <laughs> and you know, right now, Aaron Rodgers, they can't even get like a fourth round pick for him right now, you know, and yeah. he's you know coming off what almost two back to back MVP. So I hope that Sean Payton builds this guy up. I hope they run the ball down people's throats. And I hope I can't wait to see what they do against the Chiefs, because I think now finally we're going to go into every game this year. And when can you go into a game saying our coach is qualified enough to outcoach anyone on the other sideline? And in the past seven years, well, since Gary Kubiak left, we haven't been able to say that about any coach. And especially going up against Andy Reid, now I think we can fight fire with fire. Well said, bro. A couple of shout-outs real quick from Michael Ronquillo. Dude, thank you, brother. It's great to see you in the chat. Look, we're twinners, me and Mike. We're, we're rocking the same T-shirt. Um, also, shout-out to Kenny. Shout-out to Michaela, the Duchess. Love you guys. Uh, Kenny's saying that I finally get to catch the show live. I'm usually at work, but I'm glad I'm catching you live. Love the show. Been watching the last three months. Kenny, we're stoked to have you with us, my friend. Thank you for showing some support, too. Phil down in Tucson, what's good, brother? Uh, great to see you saying uh, good evening, Chad, Zach, Naj, and Deacon Scott. Go Broncos. Buck them. Naj, it's uh, – and then one more. Zachary Smouse in the house. Unique prepping. One of uh, one of the most memorable Super Chats Superstar segments we've had on the show was when Zach joined us uh, a couple of summers back. That was really cool. He says, I never would have thought we could get Sean Payton. When I did my debut, I wish I wouldn't have talked highly about Vic Fangio because Sean is 110% better. Well, look, dude. Um, yes, Mike. See, Naj's passion about the Broncos is why the Broncos are the best fan in the league. No doubt. No doubt. Um, but, you know, I think at that point, Naj, tell me what you think. People could probably be forgiven for feeling optimistic about Vic Fangio because at the time we were coming off, I'm pretty sure I've got my timeline connect uh, straight here. We were coming off his first year in Denver where it started off pretty crappy, didn't go so hot with Joe Flacco, didn't go so hot with Brandon Allen, but then Drew Locke came in, finished the season as a starter 4-1, and made his Vic's first year as head coach, respectable at least in terms of the final record and whatnot, and then gave fans a reason for optimism because of the strong finish. But isn't it crazy to think we're only a couple of short years away from Vic Fangio and Drew Locke being this team's future? Yeah, brother. It's actually uh, amazing what we've, what we've witnessed over the last few years, just watching your podcast. And every year there's like wholesale changes with the roster and the coaching staff. And we always felt like, I think every one of us was over the moon about Drew Locke, like the way they ended that season, uh, thinking about what we're going to accomplish. And I give Elway all the credit in the world because they surrounded Drew with a ton of talent, right? We went out and got the receivers, Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler, first and second round picks. We really focused on trying to build this arsenal around 
uh, around Drew, but the one area they always lagged in was the offensive line. And I know you guys have brought that up numerous times. Zach, you bring this up. You know, you pound uh, pound your fist on the table every, uh, pretty much every pot about this. It's, wrong. Be, it's pretty interesting. And you think if, if, if the fans actually got their say more of more of the Broncos brass would, would probably be in a better place with the offensive line. And I think that um, when I look at a team like, and you guys probably remember this with the Eagles before they really started pounding the ball, remember they were trying to throw it with Jalen hurts and they were struggling mightily. And all of a sudden, the Philly ball more built out their offensive line, had this fantastic line, and now Hertz is the highest paid player in football literally one year later. So I think that this is why I don't want to see Russ leave. I want to see him succeed. I want to see Sean Payton, the coach, for the next decade because it would be great to finally stop that, that carousel. And if you guys remember, even with Gary Kubiak, he comes in, incredible move to bring him in after John Fox. We win a Super Bowl, and then he's got what, another year, basically, and then, he, you know, for whatever reason, illness or what have you, he leaves the organization. So we really even couldn't enjoy him for an extended period of time. But I think that uh, that, that that those Drew Locke years to me, and I also I will always think, and I don't know behind the scenes how he did in practice, but I think we all expected him to get, the starting nod over Teddy to at least see what the guy could do. I mean, worst case, it ended up what we ended up being anyway, seven win team. Yeah. And I think, I don't know if we would have done any better with Drew, but we would have at least as Broncos fans, that question would have been answered about him as, as a, as a quarterback. You know, Naj, it's funny that you brought up uh, Sean Payton kind of tearing down Russ to build him back up because in his press, I know you didn't see it, but they had their virtual press conference before the draft and Sean Payton spoke. He was talking about how nice it'll be when everyone comes into the building for phase two of the offseason program and a propros of nothing, total non sequitur. He goes, hopefully we'll keep the golf carts upright. So a little shot at Russ across the bow, you know, making light of it, making a joke, but you can tell it's not going to be all sunshine and roses. You're going to have to have some tough love with number three to get the most out of him. Um, I understand, Naj, that you want to see the product. On the, I'm right there with you. I've been burned too many times. We all have PTSD from last season. But what would a successful season be to you? How would you measure or define success for the Broncos in year one of Sean Payton? You know what, Zach, brother, I think uh, we all look in the mirror and we strive to be the best versions of ourselves every day. So I'm expecting the same from every Bronco player and the Broncos coaches. I think to me, a successful season has to be playoffs. Uh, anything less, and, and I get it, we're coming off a five-win season, but we were expecting 10 wins last year. Uh, I do think, and I, I do believe the injuries were, they've been terrible, nonstop year after year. So, I mean, knock on wood, I hope that we can see. It wasn't always like this for anyone who's been a Broncos fan for, for years. If you guys remember, even our Super Bowl year when we uh, beat the Panthers, we were relatively healthy. Vaughn was there at the end, DeMarcus Ware. I mean, it, it wasn't like we had a bunch of spring chickens. We had some veteran TJ Ward. And um, we leak. And then when you looked at the offense, uh, with C.J. Anderson mixing in Ronnie Hillman, rest in peace. You know, it was a team, really the only injury was Peyton Manning, but we were we were unscathed and we got a Super Bowl out of that. And I think that if this Broncos team can stay healthy, so I'm really excited about this new strength and condition. 
conditioning staff. Maybe that'll be a difference maker. Maybe Sean Payton talking about being a little bit tougher, no doubt. The tougher the practices, the hardened those bodies will be when it comes regular season. Uh, so I'm optimistic that if they can stay healthy uh, to, to, to some normal degree, right? Not being in the bottom five, mm-hmm. but maybe being in the top 10. Uh, uh, if we get that luck, I think with this roster, I, I still believe in the talent that they have with the upgrades at the offensive line. I'm really curious what they're going to do at the running back. We all are, I think, praying that Javante can come back and be himself, but it's highly probable they're going to have to get another stud in there, probably in the draft that they can count on. Uh, and there's plenty of guys out there. You know, the Chiefs got their guy late, uh, and the guy was a stud in the Super Bowl. So uh, that's what I'm expecting. So I would say, Zach, me personally, not to put too much pressure on the team, but if I'm Greg Penner, I'm like 10 and 7 to me is the minimum record. And I know the NFL pundits are going to think you're you're crazy, but I don't think a lot of people realize how talented this is. Frankly, all the trade talk with the receivers was not so much a shot at their ability to catch the ball uh, or run routes. It was their effort. I, I think that what Sean Payton probably saw on game tape was, are these guys selling out to make blocks like a KJ Hamler or a Tim Patrick? Because those guys, Tim Patrick could go a whole game without catching a ball, and you're, you're and he's still going to be viewed like Eddie, Eddie McCaffrey was back in the day and Rod Smith. you know. And there was something about it, Rod Smith being an undrafted free agent. These guys really busted their butts to make something of that. And he's probably should be a Hall of Famer in my estimation, Rod Smith. But I think that if if these guys, if the talk and the breaking them down lifts them up, which it should, because frankly, you guys know the contract, uh, Cortland's getting 18 million, right? That is a lot of money for a number one receiver. So he's got to deliver like a number one receiver. And, and I think Jerry Judy's looking to earn that type of contract. So hopefully these guys step up and I think we're going to have a 10-win-plus season. And I, and I finally think we are going to break through. And, and I, I think this that the Broncos country hates the Chiefs enough that we should go in and pound the rock against them and get at least one win. If we don't, brothers, I don't know what I will do. And that's why I'm hoping the meet and greet happens <laughs> on the Chiefs game because we're 2-0 and and we're going to be 3-0. That's, that's, right. my, that's my, my hope and that's my belief. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if we can work it out that way. Um, that's a really good idea. But Naj, dude, see, we we sit here. Zach and I probably just barely spoke for a total of fifteen seconds, and everybody, including us, Naj, this is no, this is not me busting your cojones. Everybody within the sound of our voice right now was totally enthralled and interested mm-hmm. and entertained and edified. Uh, by what was coming through the speaker. So thank you for joining us tonight, brother. And yes, as Dave says, uh, Naj needs his own podcast. This is something that was occurring to me multiple times while you were speaking here tonight. Uh, Gary saying, good evening, Chad and Zach and Naj. Love the feedback, Naj. You got skills, dude. Go Broncos, MHH for life. So uh, yeah, we're, we definitely got to have you back on the show. And then you and I, we got to maybe have some talks, but it's going to be really cool hanging with you uh, in a few months' time. But dude, thank you for making time for us tonight. Uh, and see, look, Aaron... Naj is a great guest, intelligent and entertaining. Invite him back on the reg. Go Broncos. See what I tell you. So, Naj, love you, dude. Thank you for making time. We're going to sign off so we can break down the, uh, the uh, press conference today. But, dude, you crushed it. Thanks for making time for us again. Love you, brothers. Appreciate you guys. See you at the meet and greet. It's going to oh, be yeah. dope. Thank you, Naj. Thank Naj you, Al-Taf. There he goes. Scott Man. gave him the mile-high salute as well. Uh, one of one. It, dude. Like, 
I don't know what this says about me as a podcast host, Zach, honestly, but I could have sat there and listened to Naj talk and been totally stoked. Like I could have said not another word for another, you know, till the show was over. And I, I would have been perfectly entertained for, and, and edified for the hour that we were on, uh, on camera. So, uh, Naj, you're the man, dude. Love you, big dog. I looked up and I see the time. It's almost at 22 minutes. And I'm thinking, yeah. oh, how did it fly that fast? And I'm thinking, oh, that's because I was listening to and hanging on every word that Naj was saying. So great guy. Like I said, one of one. And I'm not surprised he's getting so much uh, positive feedback in the comments. He's also uh, in his own realm, a, a very trained, obviously talented, but a very trained orator. And so the dude, uh, let's just put it this way. The dude is no stranger to... Um, having an audience, so to speak. So he knows how to keep it rolling. He knows how to stay on point. You get off into the weeds a little bit. That's cool. You bring it back. So Naj, you know, he's got some uh, I's dotted and some T's crossed. Uh, Drake, bro, thank you for jumping in with the super. It's great to see you. He says, guys, I truly believe in Russ Wilson. The guy went from run first to throwing three downs, to throw three downs in Seattle, lost no pace. You dudes think Sean Payton will really unlock Russell Wilson. I do, Zach, and this is a, a lot of what Naj was getting at with some of the questions um, that we fired at him, which is Sean Payton knows, look, here was what got Russ to nine Pro Bowls in 10 years. Here's what was going on around him when he basically provided the most alarming regression of a Pro Bowl quarterback in a single season ever seen maybe in NFL history. We're going to go back to not only what we know works for us, but we're going to do so with my own kind of panache, my kind of the Sean Payton way, how I would build on that, so to speak. And I think it's really exciting what the possibilities could be. Yeah, I'm going to take the meta cop-out answer here and say it's not so much about unlocking Russ per se as it is unlocking everything around Russell Wilson. That would mean building up the offensive line, which they did. They're building up a better running game, which they're in the process of doing, is making sure they have the best receivers on the field, be it the incumbents or being a rookie that they're going to draft, having the best tight ends, having all the weaponry and the system around Russell Wilson in place will allow the Broncos to get a better Russ. I don't think it's realistic, Chad, to expect to get top five Russell Wilson going on age 35 now, but if he can be top 12 Russell Wilson, the Broncos will meet Naj's expectation which is 10 and seven at least. Yes. And uh, Gary got to hang out and meet with Naj uh, at the last meet and greet. We were all there together. It was really cool. Gary was one of the red carpet winners along with uh, Michaela. And so they got to kick it together and watch the game from, from uh, some, some good seats and hung out with us almost the entire day. And we can't wait. It's going to be fun. We can't wait to do that again. So Gary, we love you, big dog. Uh, Zach, there's a few things from today I want to get your thoughts on. Chris, bro, thank you. Very kind of you. It says, uh, Chad, Zach, Scott, still the best in the biz. Much love and respect. Even Papa Bear himself saying, you freaking rock, Naj. Wherever you are, Naj, I know you can hear us right now. Uh, oh, my gosh, dude. What the frick, dude? I almost just cursed. I didn't. But, Naj, you didn't have to do that, my dog. You did not have to do that, bro. <laughs> 500 Club, hashtag, we've got shirts coming and some other things, so stay tuned on that front. You will be getting one of those. Naj, dude, you did not have to do that, bro. I mean, you carried the show, bro. You were carrying the content tonight, my dog. Seriously, humbled, very grateful. You know you didn't have to do that, bro. Um, says, thanks for having me on, brothers, and thank you, everyone in Broncos country. This community is special. Continue to excel. Zach, what do you make of a... a 
a guy with the quality and of magnitude of Najal top, dude. Like it blows the mind. Listen, it's not the hardest thing in the world to get on here and talk Broncos, but it's not the easiest thing either. And for him to get on and for us to be as entranced as we were hanging on every word, that was enough for me. But how do I even react adequately to this showing of support and generosity? Naj, you are the man, the king. Definitely appreciate you, man. I can't wait to hang again. Uh, it's going to be so fun, dude. It's like when we when we meet up with Naj Altaf, even though we've only actually spoken, you know, when I say in person, I'm going to, in this case, also include these these streams, you know, these conversations we do three or four times, maybe total, um, since we've been doing this. But it's like you're meeting up with your old college bro, your dormy roommate or whatever, that you guys been through some battles together and you got a lot in common. You share a lot of the same skins that are hanging on the, the, the wall, so to speak. But Naj, dude, love you. Seriously, very grateful. That is so generous, dude. And I hope you know we really, really appreciate you in more ways than one, big dog. You have your own wing of the 500 Club. It's called the Naj Mahal. <laughs> Definitely appreciate you. That's yes. Thank you. Yes. Bro, that was, that was good. We got to remember that. Taylor, thank you, bro. Seriously. He says, been a while, but Cortland, Sutton, and Wilson have to improve this year, but I believe in Sean Payton, and we will shock the world this season. Go Broncos, MHH for life. Taylor, appreciate you, and loving your profile pick, Big Dog. Hey, Twinners yet again. Twinners yet again. Let me do this one. Twinners yet again. Uh, love it. Thanks, Taylor. Uh, and Mike, also giving props and additional thanks to Naj for supporting, throwing down such a massive – tectonic maxing out the youtube super chat literally that's the that's the max so naj dude seriously uh love you big dog um okay zach couple points from today that i do want to get to it was very much as you mentioned at the top of the show um a exhibit on how to say a lot without saying nothing at all and you should expect nothing less from a belichickian type um coach like Sean Payton, when it comes to kind of the whole uh, intelligence gathering and stuff, you know, the, the I don't know, the, the football spy network uh, that, that Sean Payton runs, you don't expect him to all of a sudden just go um, diary at the mouth, so to speak, and, sh and share all of the state secrets, and neither uh, George Payton, for that matter. Golly. Judas Priest, let's just let's dude, let's grab it. Let's go. Let's go. We're never gonna get through the show. Michaela, Holy dude. Crap, guys. Oh my gosh, she says with a very four hundred club <laughs> super. Funds. Judas Priest, she says funds to build the Naj Mahal. Yes, indeed. So so grateful. That's like, I mean, that super chat, Zach, in and of itself, so 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 generous, and it's her third of the night. Her third super chat. Michaela, we don't deserve you. We love you and appreciate you so much. Seriously, we love you. Thank you. I, I just think it's only right that Duchess is talking about the Naj Mahal. It's just, it's so appropriate. Um, what do I even say to that? Thank you so much, Michaela, as always. I, I'm literally speechless. I, Naj talked about this community is special and the fact that we have other people thanking someone for being so generous and, and you know being supportive on top of that is so amazing. We are touched every single day on camera, off camera. Believe that. Thank you, Michaela. Very true. Very true. And you're one of our, our favorite special people, too, that we can't wait to hang with uh, in a few months' time. It's going to be so dope. 
Uh, we just got to wait for that schedule to come out, and uh, we're a little, little less than a month until it actually does, and we'll be able to um, start organizing and announcing the dates, and it's going to be absolutely dope. So can't wait for that. Love you, Michaela. And look, the Tim Patrick jersey, still looking great on you. Got to say, love you so much. Um, but, Zach, a couple things that jump out real quick from today's press conference, uh, one of which is the comments on – Javante Williams, which in and of themselves were basically Zach kind of echoing other things that George Payton or Sean Payton, well, specifically George Payton has said about Javante Williams' outlook uh, this year. But along the way, whether they meant to do it, I'm sure they did. Nothing they said today was was with, was was said. Uh, they knew full well everything they were saying today, but. They made it clear to all the NFL teams, just in case, hey, don't be thinking that we're not willing to pull a trigger on a running back in this draft. If the right running back is there and we feel like he's the best player on the board, we're going to take a running back. Um, what did you make of what they had to say about Javante Williams? Because it wasn't just that. Sean Payton then went on to share a little anecdote about how the New Orleans Saints, the year Alvin Kamara was drafted, right? He was a third-round pick, and he was expected to be – you know, like a late one, early two type guy, and he, and he ended up falling. Maybe just a second-round guy probably is what he was expected to be. And he ends up falling into the third round. The Saints did not go into that draft with any kind of perfect, uh, you know, plan of trying to land a, a running back because they had just paid Adrian Peterson to come. I mean, not huge money, but – and they had Mark Ingram. They were looking – they were sitting pretty well as far as, hey, we got Drew Brees at quarterback and these two guys are running back. They did not need to trade back up into the third round and draft Alvin Kamara. But when he was available and he kept dropping, that's exactly what they did. And that was another little anecdote Sean Payton shared, which to me is just kind of telegraphing to the rest of the NFL. All bets are off. Don't think you can perfectly predict what we're going to do in this draft. Yeah, but if we're going on Saints history, it doesn't look good for Javante, at least in the short term of the 2023 season, because they churned out running back after running back after running back during Peyton's tenure in New Orleans. Whether it was Kamara or Chris Ivory or Pierre Thomas, Mark Ingram, they were a factory because it behooved that system. The fact they picked up Samaj P. Ryan, paid him what they paid him, but not just that, they promised him legitimate playing time, something he was not getting in Cincinnati. I fully believe he joined the Broncos on the premise of him starting the season as the unquestioned number one running back. In terms of Pookie himself, I didn't take much out of the comments Peyton made today. He's going to be naturally optimistic. He's not going to be pessimistic about Javante, but he left the door open for maybe uh, short-term IR or PUP for Williams to start the year, as it's looking like it's going to be. And uh, Scott reminding us here, too, for what it's worth, Kamara 67 overall in the third round. Um Zach, a couple other things that uh, were are of note. So George Payton asked about the future of Jerry Judy, especially um, in relation to how strongly he finished the 2022 season. And look, when the phones have been ringing this offseason at Broncos HQ, and they have, George Payton has been listening, but no moves have been made. Uh, and I think he gave us a good example or, or concrete reason why that is. And here's what he said pretty definitive about where Jerry Judy fits with this year's team. Quote, uh, I spoke at the owners' meetings. We're high, really high on Jerry. We don't anticipate doing anything with Jerry. Jerry finished the season strong. The last five games, he had over 500 yards. He was one of the top receivers in the league. We like Jerry and Zach, as you wrote about earlier, 
he's going to be here, closed quote. So does that, in your mind, officially slam the door on the rumors? No, because of the verbiage he used here. We don't anticipate doing anything with him. It's not that he said we will not do anything with Jerry Judy and he will be on the roster. But you cannot be that definitive. Definitive. You cannot be that foregone conclusive when you have the draft coming up. And maybe a team gets desperate enough, Chad, and offers that first-round pick that they're looking in return for Jerry Judy. But I think the takeaway here is the team is not going to offer that. And he is a good player, as Sean Payton talked about in March. And they want to keep him on the roster as the wide receiver one. I think that's the easy choice. Phil, with some very, very, very generous stars proving down in Tucson, once again, Broncos country is not a geographic location. Naj, another great example of that. It's a hashtag state of being. Love you, Phil. He says, Naj and Michaela should do a pod for MHH. Hey, this is a, this is a good idea. You might be onto something here, Phil. Uh, we always appreciate those suggestions. So thank you for that, big dog. Drake jumping in again. Thanks, my friend. He says, here's uh, round two. So which offensive player individually outside of Russ will benefit the most from the Peyton offensive mind? This is a very interesting question. We could really go down a couple of different rabbit holes here, but what say you, Zach? The first name that came to mind was Tim Patrick, only because Sean Payton loved those big-bodied, physical, dominant possession, outside, boundary receivers. Whatever adjective you want to use about Tim Patrick, I think he fits the bill in a Sean Payton system. And to that extent, Cortland Sutton does as well, but Sutton, his want to, his effort has been in question the last couple seasons. He's also not that willing of a blocker as TP is. So uh, the first name that comes to mind, non Wilson, is definitely uh, Mr. Tim Patrick. And look, ironically, it's a name that a lot of Broncos fans aren't that familiar with yet because he's yet to officially suit up in the orange and blue. But guys, I'm telling you right now, do not sleep on the Impact of Samaje Pirine. Yeah. This is a guy who Sean Payton talked about a couple weeks ago, or I guess it's been about a month ago, where he said, you know, hey, what was it that interested you in Pirine of all the running backs you could have gone out and signed, thrown some money at? And he talked about his flexibility and how basically he's good at everything he does and checks all the big boxes that you need for a RB1 caliber guy from, you know, his actual ability as a, as a runner uh, to catching balls out of the backfield, picking up uh, rushers and pass protection. I think this is a guy that Sean Payton, just because, look, he does. no one knows truly what the future holds for Javante Williams. And even though the team does, <clears throat> pardon me, expect to get him back, Zach, at some point this season, obviously don't know when yet, Sean Payton can't rest uh, or, or on his laurels thinking, you know, we got it made in the shade with Javante Williams when there's no way to know when he's going to be back. P. Ryan's the guy. Until, you know, situations prove otherwise, P. Ryan's the guy. And look, Sean Payton running backs typically uh, do quite well in the league for what it's worth. So I think he's a guy, even though he's a newcomer, Zach, not an incumbent or holdover, he's a, he's a guy I think whose outlook uh, is tremendous because of Sean Payton. Yeah, that's a really good shout. Um, Running backs do do well in a Sean Payton system, and he's a lot like Tim Patrick in the sense that he won't get the national headlines. He flies under the radar, but he will be one of the more unsung heroes of your football team. And what's more, he's also, in Cincinnati anyway, he was a Kansas City killer. He always had success against the Chiefs defense. Hopefully that continues in Denver. 
Keith saying they tried, but the media could not get the answer to who makes the final call on a draft pick with the support. That's a good point, you know. And they, but we know through um, through reporting that you know that they're going to work together on those picks. But you know, when push comes to shove, if there is some kind of a disagreement, Sean Payton holds the ultimate trump card. That's where the buck stops on draft day. And with all personnel moves at the end of the day, Keith saying also with the support thrown behind Judy and Judy likely taking the X position, where does Cortland Sutton fit? We could be in 12 personnel a lot. It's possible. It's possible. I'm really interested to see exactly what Sean Payton has in mind. And I'm like Sean McVay in that, you know, can't wait to see what he's got cooked up. But uh, where does Sutton fit in your opinion, Zach? Well, Sean Payton talked about this, I believe, at the scouting combine, and he said if you followed what we did in New Orleans, it wasn't this guy plays the X, this guy plays the Z, this guy plays the Y. In other words, every receiver has to know every position and be able to play around the formation. So I don't know what that means for Sutton. We know that Jerry Judy can do it, even though he was much better at the X, but they're going to have to move around in that system, and uh, hopefully Sutton can get on the uh, program. Scott brings up a good point, too, uh, in the green room. Broncos probably need another tight end to live life in 12 personnel because for those who don't know necessarily what that means, two tight ends, you got one back, you got two tight ends, uh, you got two wide receivers in the formation. He says Dulcich and Manhurts, the new tight end, the blocking tight end, aren't I have to be in 12 tight end sets, which is an interesting point. Uh, George, bro, throwing down. Love you, big dog, on Facebook. What a great pod by both of you in Broncos country. Nothing like MHH and all the guys on the pod every night. Thanks, Denver Broncos for life, MHH for life. Thank you, George. So kind of you to say. And, of course, your support means a lot to us, big dog. Um, Okay, so back to another interesting thing that came out. Maybe it wasn't, you know, hey, let me rush to my keyboard. This is, like, newsworthy. I got to make sure all of MHH's, you know, 150,000 followers know what's up. But it was really interesting to hear Sean Payton talk about some of the, uh, you know, because he's a he's a spring off the Bill Parcells coaching tree, and it was interesting to hear him share uh, some of his, some of why his philosophy is the way it is and where it comes from relative to Bill Parcells. And specifically, Zach, talking about how the identity of the team, the core, kind of starts with offensive line, all right? And you build out from that and why – offensive line was so uh, paramount in, uh, you know, when you look at the list of priorities for for Bill Parcells, why O-line was such so high on that list. And if you look at how the Broncos maneuvered from the time Sean Payton arrived, and look at their resources, it's not just what they say, follow what they do. What they did, Zach, was spend a crap ton of money on offensive linemen, got a right tackle, right, got themselves a starting left guard, go – Went ahead and let Dalton Reisner hit the bricks. Looks like it's going to be Lloyd Cushenberry because, you know, even as as uh, George Payton said today, pretty hard to find a, quote, impact player out of the gates in round three, and that's the first time the Broncos will be picking this year. But what was your thought, your reaction, I should say, Zach, to kind of getting some additional depth of insight and some context into the uh, how paramount the O-line is to Sean Payton? I, I like the way he put it. He said – 
offensive line should permeate throughout the building, meaning it starts with the O-line and nothing really can happen until you have that set. And it's true. It doesn't matter who's quarterbacking, who's running back, who's receiver, if you don't have the offensive line to hold everything together. And I love that Sean Payton's mentor is, you know, by default, Bill Parcells, a Hall of Fame coach. It seems like Sean Payton doesn't think the Broncos were tough enough as a whole last year. And he wants to toughen them up. He wants to keep them in weightlifting and running. He doesn't want to rush the phase one of the offseason program. He's talked about it at length as well, the mistakes that Nathaniel Hackett made last year and how different it was from what he did in New Orleans. I don't think the he, he thought the Broncos had enough mental or physical fortitude to succeed in today's NFL. And I love the fact he's going to combat that in his own way. Amen. On the topic that Keith brought up of, hey, can you please someone tell us who has the final say uh, on draft day? This was Sean Payton's, uh, pardon me, this is George Payton's non-answer. Quote, who will make the final decision on a player if there is not a consensus? Quote, that decision would have been made. I know that's a cop-out answer. We'll discuss this so much, but that's all we do all day is discuss these different scenarios, even deep in the draft. We actually have a mock that goes to the seventh round. Believe it or not, that won't happen. Draft day is actually peaceful. It's quiet. The work has been done, and it's calm up until your pick. Then you're making calls. You're working trades. Those decisions will already have been made. Close quote, Zach. And then he went on to uh, Sean Payton piggybacked off that, at a diff- actually in a different point in this press conference. It wasn't directly off of that remark, but he went on to say these decisions that happen on draft day. It's kind of like uh, in, a, in a game week preparation sense, all right? So when you see the Broncos calling a certain play on that fourth and three, <clears throat> pardon me, on Sunday, in reality, that was a decision that had actually been made already on, by Wednesday. That decision was actually made Wednesday, and Sunday was just a matter of executing it. Yeah, they talked about how fantastic it's been, or Peyton did anyway, working with George Peyton and the relationship they've had. I believe, didn't Peyton compare, Sean compare George to Bill Parcells in the scouting sense as well? He says he scouts and he has that eye like Bill Parcells as well. It's going to be a collaborative process. They're going to put their two heads together, but one guy is getting paid $18 million per year and one guy is not. So I think the former there would probably have final save if push came to shove. Mike, bro, throwing down some very, 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 very generous stars on Facebook. He's saying these Facebook stars are for Naja Michaela for their super chats. Go Broncos, buck them. Seriously, so grateful. We are so grateful, so fortunate to have you guys in our chat and in our community, I should say. And Mike, dude, we're sharing a brain. Look at this. Not only Broncos and all that, we're, we actually are rocking this in. Now, I guess that profile pic might not be real time, but still. Maybe you are wearing this right now. I don't know. But, Mike, love you, big dog. Thank you. Thank you, as always, Michael. You are a prince. Um, okay. Um, back to uh, back to the conversation or, or the presser today. So one last thing, really, that I wanted to kind of get to, Zach, before we uh, maybe start winding things down for tonight was the uh, comments about John Elway from both George Payton and Sean Payton, and I thought this was really interesting because when the question was asked, um, and it, it was formulated uh, kind of like this, what did John Elway mean to the Broncos as both a player and an executive? So that's how it was formulated, and of course, George Payton went first, and by the time Sean Payton, it was his turn, I thought he was going to kind of keep it short and move on because it was kind of before his time, right, etc., but... 
uh, it ended up being what Sean Payton said was more interesting and insightful on John Elway than what George Payton said. And I'll just kind of paraphrase it. I won't, I won't read the whole quote, but he talked about uh, being on the competition committee with John for a number of years and then also his relationship to John as a student of the game studying the the John Elway Mike Shanahan tape um and I, he had one little uh anecdote that I want to share he said quote uh my relationship with John from afar was that of someone on offense watching his film watching the Shanahan Elway film it was always one of those tapes that you had to study i can recall the first time Mike and John put the big tight end outside of the receivers in an empty formation against the Dallas Cowboys at your old Mile High Stadium when we got that film, we thought somebody had split the atom. That relationship from afar was as a player, but it gets better. And then he goes on to kind of discuss uh, his relationship in the summers, going up into Idaho, golfing, hanging out with John, losing a lot of money to John on the golf course. Uh, but what was your thoughts on on what the guys, the Paytons, had to say about John Elway? Well, from what Sean said, it just sounds like an offensive mind who's showing great respect to one of the quarter best quarterbacks of all time, and I can't fault him for that. I don't really understand why this was even a thing or why they asked about Elway and not, for example, Cortland Sutton, who was on the trade block and nearly traded to the Ravens a couple weeks ago. But I'm happy for John in the sense that he gets to get away from Denver, at least the franchise, and enjoy his life as a grandfather, father, husband, so on and so forth, while still being someone, a valuable resource they can lean on if they have any questions. But it's like John said himself, it's time for the new people in charge to take over. They're in good hands now, and uh, life goes on. I wasn't sure what Sean um, meant because based on the reporting and stuff, John Elway's out of the building. He's gone. Um, but he mentioned something about like he still has an office in the building. So I don't know if that was like a slip of the tongue. I don't know if that was maybe he hasn't been brought up to speed that John you know, is clear to things out. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, John, John's still available to the Peyton guys if and when uh, they might need his services. But, guys, we are about out of time. So if you have any burning topics, questions, uh, get them in the chat, and we will do our best to get to them before we dip on out of here for tonight. Um, but, Zach, we're, we're inching closer to uh, NFL draft time. Like, it's going to be here pretty soon. And I think the way that both Sean and George Peyton talked about um, – the first round, I think that should kind of be a guiding light for all of Broncos country, which is <clears throat> they're going to be as fully engaged and dialed into what's happening in rounds one and two as it would be if they had, you know, multiple picks in each round. So the the nuance, the everything that's happening in real time, who's landing where, who's falling, all this stuff, it's going to be all hands on deck. Well, maybe in the first and second round, they'll sit in an auditorium and watch film of Sean Payton like they did Russell Wilson last year. The draft is always exciting. Uh, it's it's a little bit of a vibe killer when the Broncos don't pick until day two and in the third round, but there's going to be action one way or the other. They're going to trade up. They're going to trade down. They're not going to stay put. Moves will be made, and I can't wait to see what those moves will be. Yes, uh, Mike, love you, big dog. Thank you so much. Um, he also brought up in a different comment another piece of news from today which is simply that uh, the Broncos will have some alumni and special guests to announce the their 2023 NFL draft picks live uh, from Kansas City and Mexico City so according to the press release Zach the Broncos uh, are going to have on uh, day two and three so on day two it's going to be on day two it's going to be in Kansas City on day three it's going to be Mexico City but Broncos are going to have 
uh, Super Bowl 50 champion and Pro Football Hall of Famer DeMarcus Ware, Pro Football Hall of Famer Terrell Davis, Jake Plummer, who is a legend in his own right, uh, and then, quote, NFL flag football global ambassador Diana Flores announcing Broncos draft picks this year. I love that D. Ware tweeted the last time he announced a Broncos pick. It was uh, Justin Simmons, so it worked out pretty well. Hopefully this one does uh, as well. Phil wants to know if we're going to KC. Um, no, we're not. We could have, but we opted not to this time around uh, for reasons. We don't have enough time to get into it right now. But with some of the other things that we have planned this year, we opted not to to go to Kansas City. But um, I just don't like being in Kansas City either. I got to be honest with you. Like, I don't get excited about going to Kansas City. You and Drew Luck. <laughs> That's right. Um, but, guys, we are uh, – we're out of time. We've loved talking with you today. Much love and respect. We got a few messages, though, for you before we dip on out. That was certainly a very special and great episode of the MHH Podcast. If you're not following us on Twitter, be sure you're doing so at the MHH Pod. Also, the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. Chad at Chad and Jensen. Myself at Kelberman NFL. And Scott at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some Buckham merch or anything we're rocking, as you see or are hearing about right now, go to MHHmerch.com and get your swag on. And if you haven't, please go to Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Like that page and follow that page. If you're on IG, follow us at Mile underscore High underscore Huddle. And if you haven't, guys and gals, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month. But if anything, please subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Much love and respect to everybody in the chat tonight um, within the sound of our voice. Thank you for being with us, keeping it with MHH. Uh, a special tip of the cap and a mile-high salute to Najel Toff for not only crushing it uh, on his segment at the top of the show, but then throwing down a 500-club super chat. I mean, golly, dude, you we don't deserve you. We don't deserve Naj. We don't deserve uh, Michaela. We don't deserve any of you. We're just so grateful to have you with us. And uh, Sam Bam jumped in early, David McElrath, Kenny, uh, Zachary Smouse in the house, unique prepping that is. Uh, Drake Wally, appreciate you, brother. Gary the Swashbuckler Palmer, Aaron J, Chris Chances, Taylor Christensen, um, and then on Facebook, of course, Michael Ronquillo just going off, throwing down, representing the MHH community there with a plum. Phil McLaughlin as well, dude. Colby C. Collier, uh, Keith, George, much love and respect. We love you guys. Thank you so much. And we can't wait to talk with you again on Sunday when uh, we're back on the microphone. So have a great weekend talk to you then we'll see y'all then special thanks from me as well to Naj and Michaela everyone for joining us tonight have a great weekend take care and as always go Broncos head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.